Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's good to be with you again. It's, it's wonderful to be with you again. It's um, been, a, been a high privilege to do this, this series and, um, and share, share what I believe the Lord had from this, this passage of scripture for us as a people. Um, I'll encourage you again, as I did last week, every time you have an opportunity to be in a moment where God is speaking, God is teaching, God is doing something through someone, or he's just you alone and you're receiving a word, lean in to it. I know it kind of sounds cliche right now, you know, and all the, hey, here we are, we're cool in church today, we wear jeans and stuff. Yeah, well, these are, these are jeans, but they're, they're, they're colored. Um, I thought that went out of style, but then it came back in, so I was like, I should have kept all the old stuff I had and it would have been in style again. Um, but not that it's cliche, it's a real principle for us as believers to lean in um, to what the Lord wants to do and trust that he's gonna do a work in us faithfully. You know, the Bible says, he who's begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. You know, you remember back in the day when you were a little kid building, building Legos? Yeah, my kids still got Legos. Legos are, I wish I'd have came up with that idea. <laughs> we'd, have paid for this, we'd have paid for this building six times over. <laughs> um, but you know, you're gonna get, those who really aren't all in, you're gonna get halfway into the project, you know, the really big Lego project, and you're like, eh, it's fine. I'll do something else later, all right? But, but you stay in, you stay in, and you get this final product. So be like that kid who in the middle of the Lego project who's like, ah, something else would be more fun. And lean in and say, I'm gonna go until the work of the Lord is completed. I'm gonna stay in until the work of the Lord is completed. And that's part of what we're gonna talk about today. So let's get into it. We've been on this idea and this, this, um, this concept from 1 Peter 2 of being founded being founded. And the first week we talked about being found by Christ, right? That's the beginning of it all. I was dead and I'm made alive in him because I was lost and now I'm found. Okay. And that begins the whole process of me now walking with him and establishing my life based on him. Okay. We talked about being established in Christ. Remember I did that example here of us having that line, like building a fence and that corner post determines where everything else is going to go. In that same way, Christ is the foundation that determines where everything else, when we submit to him, that our life is going to go. Everything in, in us that, that, that we need is going to be carried through in that process. So let's read through this, this one more time. I mean, not one more time. I hope you continue to read your Bible, please. I implore you, continue until Jesus comes and we're in his presence. Continue. All right, so what does it say? So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And he is. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, 
The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you, turn to your neighbor and say, but you. Turn to somebody else and say, but you. Are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul, and keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good works and glorify God on the day of visitation. We're going to grab a couple of sections out of that today, like we've been picking apart this whole passage of Scripture. And we're going to hang out in verse 4 and 5 and in verse 9 and 10 today and see what the Lord would say to us about being built by Christ. Okay? So this is... We've been on this, on this progression and, and throughout our lives we're being built by Christ. And the interesting thing about this idea is so many of the metaphors you see in scripture, there's, there's different ones of them, right? We see the body of Christ as a family. We see the body of Christ as a building. We see the body of Christ as all these individual members as, as a physical body. And we're going to talk about some of that today. But all these different metaphors that are used throughout scripture, all to say what? That we're connected to him. That we're the vine. And he, uh, he's the vine and we're the branches, right? All these examples we see and all of it is about being connected into the proper source, Christ. To be on the pop, proper foundation, to be founded in the right way, okay? And so today, I have three points for you about this subject and, and we're going to dive in here to what else we can find from this passage of scripture about this idea. Now on the concept of being built by Christ, okay? So the first thing is this. We are called as living stones in the hand of God to build his house. Say his house. His house. Every member of the body of Christ will do well to remember that those two words are the reality. His house. It's his deal overall. We get to be a part of it. We are his children that he has redeemed as many as received him, John 1.12. To them he gave the right to become children of God. We're in the house. We're redeemed. We were far away, but then we were brought near by the blood of Christ, Ephesians tells us. But we do well to remember it's his house. So as we go through the process, it's not my job to say, this is my house that I got to make sure... There's certain responsibilities you got. Don't fall asleep at the wheel on your responsibilities, okay? You know, because there's a bunch of little people over here that, that are my responsibility, okay? I don't get to like show up and be like, oh, I, Lord, I wasted all my money and now the kids can't eat and now we can't pay the mortgage. That, that, that's my responsibility, right? As a steward, steward of what God has entrusted. So we're part of the process of what God's doing in the house, but we can't ever get the idea that like it's more about us than it's about him. Right? Because right? too many of us today are about that process and that idea of I got to have what feels like it works for me. And I got to have what I feel like would represent me best. Not particularly. <laughs> if we want to be honest. 
I, I do not recall God consulting with me about how he's going to do this thing called creating the entire world in six days. He didn't ask you and didn't ask me. I mean, why would he? Come on, seriously. Infinite creator of all beginning and end knows everything. He's going to ask me. That's why we can't get it twisted. This is not a part of the message. This is just an extra. This is just an extra that I'm throwing in here. But when we consider this, this fact of the fact God knows everything, he is everything, and we get this idea like when, when you find people who are in this place that I just cry out for, who, who call themselves deconstructionists, deconstructing their Christianity to get to whatever is most authentic, I guess, they're trying to say, which in reality, at the end of it all, they just leave the faith. They leave the purity of the faith. They leave the purity of what the gospel actually says and what the word actually teaches and what the salvation of their soul has meant and the sanctification life God's called them to live. They leave all that behind. Because what they've tried to do is rather than realize we are created in his image to follow the cornerstone, they think somehow that God is created in my image. I was grieved watching a video of a guy the other day who his dad was a big time, was a, was a, um, a spiritual advisor to one of the past presidents years ago. And this guy's statement with a smile as if he had received the greatest pearl of, of a wonderful, you know, priceless amount, sat there and said, why would I serve a God like that when I can imagine a better one? Yeah, yeah, be, be appalled. Because I said, oh, my Jesus. In the flesh, I'd be like, you're an idiot, bro. Yeah, which is what the, not, you know, the immediate knee jerk is. But I thought, oh, my God. How lost to think that I need to reform and come up with a better idea than who he is. And don't, don't buy into the stuff like, oh God, don't shy away from those parts of the Bible that are uncomfortable. If you don't understand, ask somebody who knows. But don't be like trying to hide God as the mean old grandpa that I got to like, oh God, tuck him away. I don't want you to know he said that. No, I want you to see all of who he is. All of who he is is how he comes to the party. He don't show up to the party like, well, you know, hey, is Daniel, is this, this good enough, buddy? Okay, I'll show up that much. No, you either bring him to the party or you don't bring him to the party at all. You know what I'm saying? He's not coming in like a little bit. Hey, Jesus, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. If you could kind of dial down the holiness thing. We, we do that without saying it, right? Jesus, I'm going to be with this one friend, and you know they're super confrontational. So if you could kind of back off the whole truth part of the grace and truth. Jesus, I'm about to go to this one friend, and you know how they've been, so I'm going to bring them. I'm just going to hit them with the truth real hard. So could you back off the whole loving, gracious part of you today? What? What you talking about? Remember different strokes back in there? What you talking about, Willis? Some of you older folks remember. But it seems like younger people are going back to some of our old stuff. It was good, is that right? Yeah? I mean, throwback, Jordans. I'm like, come on, y'all. Those Jordans came out when I was into sixth grade. And Michael Jordan's brilliant because he's still selling them, and now he's selling them for hundreds of dollars. They came out when I was 12. They ain't new. But really, we can't, we can't have this idea that like we're going to have the augmented, adjusted version of Jesus that fits our standard. And we got to come back and say, oh, cornerstone, foundation, establishment in him. And we come back to that. 
on a continual basis. So we are in God's house, okay? We're called to be living stones in the hand of God, building his house. First Peter 2, 4, and 5 says, as you come to him, a living stone, Jesus, right? Rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So like living stones, you guys are being built up. I am being built up as a spiritual house. And the thing about living stones is this, it's interesting because I was getting ready to do an object lesson, but then I backed out of it because it was gonna be a little too rigid, right? By putting bricks in place and all that kind of stuff. It would have been cool, it would have been fun. I would have had a few people. I thought it through and then I was like, no, I don't fully wanna say that, here's why. Because even as some commentary, Bible commentary I was reading this week on the subject, as living stones, there's this constant process of what God is doing in our lives. He doesn't set us and walk away. You feel me? He doesn't set it and walk away. You know, set it and forget it. Wasn't that like, dad, didn't you have one of those things? Set it and forget My mom and dad are here. Wave up my mom and dad today. First time in the new building. Um, have one little set it and forget it, little love thing with the rotisserie. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't set it and forget it. It's continued because what is, again, he who begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus returning. So that means there's no stopping on the work. You know what I'm saying? There's no stopping. I mean, as MC Hammer said, he's too legit to quit. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Literally. He's not stopping the work that's happening. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because I would have stopped a long time ago and been frustrated. That's one of the beautiful things about being a parent. Amen, hallelujah, some of you parents out there. Frustration with your child. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. If I could be loving like you. As I often say to my wife, whose idea was it to have all these children? Oh, that was us, wasn't it? But God doesn't ever, though there may be frustration, God is not going to pull away and quit. So that's this idea of being living stones is that we're continually being built and shaped and molded and put where he wants us to be. So that's the thing. It's his house. So let's concern ourselves with where am I in the building process, which takes me to the second point. As living stones, our placement in the building is not our choosing or preference. I'm going to say it again because I need it. (laughs) As living stones, our placement in the building is not our choosing or preference. I need to say it one more time. One more for me. You guys got it. You're much smarter. It's more spiritual than I. I need it one more time. As living stones, our placement in the building is not our choosing or preference. And man, there are times when you want your preference instead. One of the beautiful things God does is give us relationship. And this, I'm going to tie all this in here. This is why the, hey, it's me and Jesus and I'm not really connected anywhere. When your friend is in that position, I encourage you to find the place and the way as the Lord has helped me over the years, find a place and find a way to tell you, hey, bro, hey, sis, no. I know it's cool for you right now, like you saw the confession of the faith and you went home because you got mad at that pastor and that sister or that brother or what they did to you here or what they did to you there. 
I, I understand that, right? But that's not what we're called to. And that's not because we need buildings or whatever, right? Can I be candid for a moment? And pastor, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit you. He's, he's watching us online. Um, I know he would echo this. You know, the truth of the matter is, if as pastors today in 2021, specifically, not in any other era, maybe it was different, maybe they had some online payment I didn't even know about back in the day. But right now, I'm just being frank. When a pastor stands in a pulpit today who has online services and online giving and says, I really want you to be here, trust me, they do. Because you know what's easier? To just have everybody online and just take your money via online payment. That sounds a little ugly to say, but I'm being real honest. So when a man of God or woman of God comes to you today and speaks, says, man, we really want to see you. We really want your face to be in the building and your presence so we can walk together. It's because they really mean it. Because truth be told, if we were just, let's collect everybody's money and build our name, it'd be easier. I don't have to pray for nobody. I don't got to meet anybody. Don't have to counsel anybody. Don't have to go visit anybody anywhere. Don't have to go help you with any of your needs. They collect money? Thank God that is not the type of house that we have here. So when, 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 when the, what's the nickname we had for pastor? The blonde tornado? Isn't that the nickname that we had? <laughs> the blonde tornado, because pastor's a go-getter. And now, now he's, 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 he's bald right now, but it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back, pastor. Get that collagen and all that, do your thing. But, like, if you sell that stuff, then good, there you go, there's a plug for collagen. Um, so, what I love, one of the things I love in being in this house is that has been a genuine heart cry of pastors for years and years. If you don't know, man, when this guy stands in the pulpit, I don't even understand him. The fact, I'm talking about you, Pastor, right now. I don't understand how he sees the fact that these three families, out of the hundreds of people who are here, he sees that. Where was so-and-so this week? I'm talking, you want to know, like, shepherd heart, man? I'm like, I, I don't even know. I'm like, how did you know that, bro? That's what I'm saying. Okay? The heart is there. And so listen, in this day and age, it's important for us to know, man, this is the gathering of God's people. So when you got somebody who's being pulled away, man, say, come on, come on, man, come home, come home. There is not a chance that I want to see my wife and kids online. I've been on a few trips and thank God, I always say what I, I, I won't say what I'll never do because then the Lord will be like, okay, let me test you in that. But I'm, I'm just thankful to this point that I haven't been in a position in my, in my position here and in, in work life and all that, that I haven't had to travel away from my family a whole lot. It's like, dude, I, like I, when I'm away for a few days, you know, we'll go to a conference or something, been on trips out of the country with pastor. And I'm like, oh man. And I put on that little FaceTime and there she is. And there the kids are. I'm like, it's so much better in person. So be encouraged as we're being built together. We are actually being built together. We're being built together as his spiritual household, not just because we need community for the sake of like stirring your emotions, but because that's an expression of him building his house, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, that we are the dwelling place of the Lord. So it is an important process that he wants you in on a continual basis, working in your life and connecting you with other people as he builds the whole house, Amen. building his house. First Corinthians 12, 18 is one of my favorite scriptures it says this, that whole chapter talks about spiritual gifts. 
And this, 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 this particular piece of the puzzle and this, this verse speaks of, again, the dispensation of those spiritual gifts to different people, different places, different times. But it also speaks of God's sovereignty and how he places people in, in different places within the body of Christ. And it says this, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. As he chose. So that's twofold beautiful. One He's in control of it all, and it's about him, and he's above all. But, again, as I've said to you many times, there's a greatness and the amazing awesomeness of God. There's a goodness that comes into your space. So what that means then is, like, he looks, and he sees Julian and says, here. Here's your place, man. He looks, and he sees Miss Dorothy, and he says, here. Right there. Right there. He looks, and he sees Carice back there, and he says, I'm working here, right there. He looks and he sees Juan and he says, that's, that's the space, Juan, right there. Right there. Hear my voice. That's what I have for you right now in this season. If I need you to move over here, I'll tell you. It's cool. Work with me. Work with me. Work. The work of the Spirit's happening and he's placing us where he needs us to be. As he chose, one translation says, as it has pleased him. Come on, man. Some of y'all who are builders or you've watched the building process, if you had the, the opportunity to build a home or you just drive by some of these building projects, when the project's done, like the builder looks and is like, I'm pleased that this is completed. See it now in the mind of the Lord as he looks and as he works in your life and then sets you where you need to be, that it has pleased him to set you where you are. It has pleased him to continue the work in your life and to continue to build his house. Somebody say amen to that. It has pleased him. Know this. Know what God says for all believers, but then also know what he says for you specifically. And, and, and I want to use that in this particular context. So in your placement in the building where God has you and what God has, the gifting that he's given you and how you're supposed to live that out, Realize that you need to know specifically what that means for you, although you already know what it means generally. I'm not saying already, but you should know what it means generally for any believer. But then there's something specifically for you. So there's a work that God is doing that is for all of mankind. It's across the board. There's one way of salvation in Jesus Christ. And then there's a work of sanctification he's doing. And certain things are sinful that we're putting aside. Certain things are for the holy and the elect that are walking and, and grabbing hold of those things. And God is doing those in us. And God has a will for the church overall. But then there's specific things. Because you're living stones, he's working on each stone in the process. So you need to know what it is that the Lord has said for you. And see, if the Lord hadn't said, Iowa, for you, then it's not Iowa. If the Lord hadn't said, Hawaii, oh, Woo, the struggle is real. Lord, if it be your will, that we could, the rock of Maui. <laughs> you're like oh, okay all right, all right, we'll pray we'll fast <laughs> if the Lord hadn't said that for you that's not it come on now 
In the same way I don't come home and say, well, had a rough day. Let me put the list up of five other women that I could just leave my family and go to. Be like, yeah, whatever. As ridiculous as that sounds, let's, let's begin to hold to it being that ridiculous of you moving from where God has you. Come on, because he set the members as it has pleased him, as he chose. So in essence, you are now saying, Lord, I would prefer that. This pleases you, but I would prefer that. Let me get up and move over where it pleases me. And that's not what the word says. It's as he chose and as it pleases him. So I have to then find out what is it that the Lord has said, and then now here's the deal. Let's go back to Genesis. Three, the enemy always wants to bring doubt, fear, and unbelief with regard to what God has said. What did he say to Eve? Did God actually say? Did he really say that? Are you sure, Evie? Because, you know, stuff gets lost in translation. And he's so much bigger and greater than us, I'm not quite sure you knew what he said. So... You know, got room for interpretation. Oh, come on, you still love the Lord. You still love Jesus. Just do some of your own will. Oh, hey, hey, see how easy it comes in? See, there's things that are primary and, and secondary and tertiary as far as like, this is it, salvation. There is no other way, Jesus. If that's a question mark, we, we got to settle that. Then there's like some secondary things about, you know, how we do church and stuff like that, that we can disagree on. And then there's third layer stuff, which is a lot of that's just preferences, personal, personal convictions, right? But some of those second layer things can become first layer things when we begin to idolize. And one of the things that we have to watch in our culture today is the idol of me, me, me. This is why abortion is a big issue. I know some people don't want you to go there. It's a big issue because it's me. How can you tell me that I can't choose the time span in which this life is going to end? I'm going to choose. It's a lot of what's driving some of this sexual revolution we see in the culture. My preference is this. Did you stop and ask if it pleases the Lord? Oh, it was just my preference is what determines and wins the day. No, it doesn't. That's called idolatry. And the word says, you shall have no other gods before me, including thine self. You with me? Including me. I can be the first God I set up and worship. Because my choices and my comforts are more important than what does he say? Because sometimes you've got to learn how to receive my favorite piece of marital advice for every young couple. And sometimes they don't want to hear it because they're like, come on, Pastor Jamie, don't you have something better than that for me, more flowery and special? And I say, die. I say, when you learn how to die to yourself, your marriage will become 10 times more amazing than you ever imagined it could. 
Because you don't want to die. Listen, listen, come on, come on, come on. Tell the truth. Jesus is in the garden. Jesus, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, says, Father, if there's any other way. Come on. The Son of God. God, if there's any other way, I don't want to do this. You think it's not going to be difficult when we have to die to ourselves? Come on, don't fool yourself. That's why we need the word and we need his grace. Don't fool yourself that it's going to be some easy, oh, here we go, yay, die today. It's going to be super fun. No, sometimes it's going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, like, y'all, you know, apology is one of the hardest things you ever do, and you got to do it a lot in relationship if you want to continue to live with, like, other human beings. I mean, to go back and be like, sorry, I was wrong. What, what did you say? I was wrong. <laughs> say wrong. Like, kind of. Um, what? Yes, I'm sorry I was wrong. I apologize for what I did. My bad. Can you forgive me? Please. That's what we got to do in relationship. Dying to yourself is not easy. And so sometimes when God is doing a work and putting you in a certain place and you're like, man, I don't even like this place, whether it be your church or your business or your family even, you're like, oh, I'd rather go here. And God's like, I have you there for a specific purpose. I'm telling you, there are sometimes discomfort is a sign to move on. And there are sometimes discomfort is a sign to stay because God wants to do something. That's why we need the Word and the Holy Spirit to help us so that we know the difference. And thank God, one of the reasons to come into the body of Christ and be together is in a multitude of godly counselors. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's safety and there's a place where we can rest and trust that, man, you know what? We're all coming together and the guiding light is not the fact that I feel good about it. You three people agreed with me and felt good about it because you like me a whole bunch. But we agreed with this, this word. We all agreed with this word. So at some point, somebody has to come with the hammer of truth that says, nah, if we're off on this, let's come back to the cornerstone. Let's come back to the plumb line of where we need to be. And it reminds us of where we need to be. One of the great things is to know, I, I don't have like 50 million different words that I know God spoke to me directly. There's a handful. And they are really helpful. They are really helpful. I was having lunch or, or breakfast with, 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 with a brother um, this week. And um, Chris, Chris Drew, one of my longtime buddies. And uh, we're talking about when I first graduated from college and, and, and the job offer I had, the first job fair I went to. Went in my suit, tie, bam, brother was ready. Resume, job offer first day. Where was it? Different county. <laughs> Two hours south of here. More money. More influence. More opportunity. More to see back then, 1999, okay? Gainesville wasn't as developed <laughs> as it is now. But you know what brought me back around? I already knew I was supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I had that word clear. So that, that, that job could, I mean, some of y'all who are teachers know, 
You're not breaking the bank on, <laughs> on teaching. Just real. Thank God you guys lay your lives down to teach kids and it doesn't pay a ton of cash. I mean, that job could have been $2 million. Oh, that must be the Lord now. Is it really? Is it really? When the Lord said? Because see, that's what's best is what he said. But, but Lord, if I may approach you. There's a whole stack of cash over here that I could make. And here, not so much. Wouldn't you rather me have comfort, bigger house, nicer car? Oh, is it about me? Or is it about as he chose and as it pleases him? And that's sometimes where we have to come back around to because then when the enemy comes, let me get back to Genesis, and he says to you in your face, did God really say? He's still coming today. Trust me, he didn't stop with Eve. Just so you're aware. If you were questioning, that wasn't the last time he asked somebody, did God really say? He's asking it right now to some of you guys in different areas of your life. Did God really say? He's asking about the written word and he's asking about the spoken word, which always should align with the written word. That's another sermon. I'll get back to that another time. But he's asking that today. And what are you going to say when he comes? No, surely this is the word of the Lord and I'm going to obey him. That needs to be our response. Well, we need to be prepared that that's how he's going to come. Did God really say? You're going to be like, yes, God really said. Here it is. How God places you in the building process is not about you. It's about his glory and the fulfillment of his will. And let me clue you in. If you haven't caught this one yet, his will is always better than mine. So the truth be told, like some people who, again, let me go back as we were discussing before, people get disgruntled and get disillusioned with Christianity and this idea of who God is and the idea of him being like this infinite narcissist, which is sometimes the accusation that's leveled against our God. Some kind of narcissist, his glory, his glory. The reality is his glory going forth and us expressing that glory is the best thing for us because by default, you get joy, peace, rest, fulfillment, and establishment in him. Way better than me ever being glorified. Way better than my name being lifted up or any name being lifted up beyond his. So we do well to say, man, it's for his glory, for his honor. I'm going to be about that because in the process, I get the best that I could ever get. I don't want that stuff over there when I could be in him, of him, and have all he's intended for me. Why would I? Don't settle for the second best stuff because it needs to be under your feet, right down there where the enemy is, right down here, under your feet. Remind him when he comes and says, did God really say, be like, man, come on. I already know where your destiny is, and it's right up under here. Not because of me, but because of Jesus, the victor. So I stand victorious in Christ so I can fulfill whatever his will is. Not so I can get more cars, money, and houses. Who cares if you ever do? You might, and if you do, you better use it to glorify God or else sell that mess as quick as you can because it will be to the detriment of your soul. But oh, if you're in the will of God, if you're following in the purpose and set and remaining, saying, Lord, I'm a living stone. Do with me what you will. Take me where you want to place me. Oh, you're all right. You'll be okay. 
Because what does the word say? He's going to guide you into all of the truth. It says he's going to direct your steps. It says though you might plan your way, the Lord is going to direct your steps. Because you're submitting to him on a regular basis saying, as we said it last week, as you come to him, a living stone, so you are living stones. Because you're in relationship, walking with him. So let's continue in that. As living stones, places it has pleased him. The last point. We are built as his house to declare his glory to the world. We're built as his house to declare his glory to the world. Now, as he's building us in this process, here's what it says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for what? His own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Every time I read that verse. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you'd not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we're called out as what? A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And let me take a little bunny trail for a second, which I think is absolutely necessary. Don't allow the world's definition of race to guide what you do in your personal relationships, in the way that you conduct yourself, in the way that you think about somebody else, and in the conduct that you have one with another. Because who is you? Who You is all of us. Who is they? They is all of us, together. You are what? A chosen race. A chosen race. I'm looking at all you, different shades. Different places in the world, some different accents too. Different cultures. All how? A chosen race under the blood of Jesus. Come on, give it up for him, yes. What we need to do as God's people is submit ourselves to where he has us and how he's working in our lives and be out ahead of anything the world wants to force us to do. Okay? Because here's what's happening in culture right now if I could be somewhat prophetic for a moment. When you go back into Daniel's life and you look at when, when the, 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 the trumpet was being blown and the golden image was set up and everybody had to bow, the expectation right now is whatever the world is telling us needs to be done, trumpet blow, everybody bows. And if you don't bow, then we're gonna call you out. I don't need a directive from the culture. I don't need a seminar. Yeah, get mad at me if you want, it's fine. I'm, I'm easy to love, it's, it's okay. I don't need that because I have a calling as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation for his own possession. So I go far beyond that. Yeah, open up your eyes if you have issues. Deal with your stuff because God intends for us to deal with it. 
So if you got issues with, as what the Bible calls partiality, meaning that you're over here, well, I only hang out with black people. I only hang out with white people. I only hang out with Latino over here. I only hang out with people who speak my language or eat my food or listen to my music. That's your issue. Bring it before the Lord. That's part of what I was talking about before about personal preferences, because you idolize yourself. And you need to get down off the, the idolizing of yourself and say, I lay at the feet of Jesus and I say, you are lifted up. It's not about me and what I want. The ugliness of that sin, we put aside and we go beyond that. But I'm not going based on the drumbeat of the world and say, well, what do you guys think we ought to do now? I don't need to know because I already know from the Word of God. I go beyond that which the world is offering me. If you guys will do these three things, then we'll say, yeah, now you're good. No, it's not about that. It's about me getting in alignment with the Word of God, and then I've gone beyond that. And yes, sometimes the world will not be able to assess correctly what is taking place in my life. Come on, Jamie, why are you over there at that white church with that white man? White church? When was there a white church? Except for a brief period in American history when we were a bunch of racist idiots. But can I be real? Yeah. Which was off. And when it was off, correct. And now let's get on with the business of the kingdom. You ought to come over here to the black. What's a black church? Well, you know, we got to, you should get over there. You're Jamaican, bro. You got to keep the roots solid. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. One. Curry chicken after church and oxtail. If you want. But the identifier is Christ. Period. So don't go based on what the world says. Don't be freaking out because you didn't do what the world thought you needed to do with your numbers and your representation and whatever else. I went to lunch, yeah, and it was with three black people. Cool, we're done. I didn't choose, I mean, it wasn't like I just said I hate white people, but tomorrow if I go to lunch and it's all white people, what am I gonna be like? Oh no, I'm hating my people. What? Come on, it's so tiring. Is it not? How about we just live kingdom and then realize in our heart where we have sin that did exclude and push other people out that we need to deal with. I love the testimony pastor told years ago. I didn't ask him to tell this story, but he already told this, I guess it's fair game. When the Lord convicted him years ago of dealing with racist issue in his own heart. And of somebody's baby and he's like, you know, why was I not quick to kiss that baby? Because they were of a different skin color than me. Lord, if there's any of that left in me, I want to die to it. And I appreciated his candor and his honesty to say, I still had that stuff in me. I need to die to that because I got to get, put myself up as an idol. Why? I can worship the one true and living God who created everyone, who has all of us as living stones in his hand being built for his purpose. Man, let's be about that church. Let's be about what he says, church. Let's be about grabbing, locking arms together and saying, no, there's nothing you can do to separate us and put us apart from one another because we are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. 
a people for his own possession. Why? That we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we stand united in Christ, not in anything the world will give us, in Christ saying, Lord, it is you, the one that we live and move and have our being in. And we say to the world, you need Jesus. And we say to the believer, don't forget that you need Jesus. Don't forget that's how you came here. Don't forget you were dead in your sins and trespasses. And the only way you ever came was because of what Jesus did on the cross. Don't forget that regardless of what that brother's skin color is, he is your brother in Christ and you're joined together for the purpose and the plan of God. Don't forget that even though y'all had a disagreement, that's where God has you set. So go have coffee, do whatever you got to do, but reconcile so that the Lord can be glorified and lifted up because his house is being built. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, stand up, stand up. His house is being built and the gates of hell don't prevail against that. My preference, a bad relationship, a situation that we got into, let's reconcile and get things right because we need to be about the business of we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, so that what we can declare to the unbeliever, come and have faith in Jesus. And to the believer, continue to follow him, continue to walk in his ways, continue in his word so you're a true disciple and you know the truth and the truth makes you free. Continue so that we lift up holy hands and glorify Him. You can tell I'm kind of passionate about the subject. <laughs> oh, He's good. So I'm gonna pray for you today. And as I pray, uh, halfway through, I'm going to address those of you who may not have given your life to Jesus yet, here or online, and I want to pray together. So let's, let's, let's lift this up, Lord. Oh, we are so grateful for your word. It's so good. Every time we come and get to receive of you. And I pray over us as the house today, Father, and we not only stretch our hands in the rock of Gainesville, but I stretch our hands across this entire city, this county, where we have been given responsibility, where we've been given influence and relationships. And I pray that everybody knows where they're supposed to be as living stones. And Father, as those today who don't know, I pray they would hear it. God, some people need to go and find the church they need to be in. And some people need to go back to the church that they're supposed to be in. And in all of it, Lord, it is about us being living stones in your hand, being worked on for your glory, and then being placed where you want us. And so for your glory today, and for your honor today, we remind ourselves that we are in Christ that we are established in Christ and that you're building your house. And so today we lift you up. I declare over every person in this room, Lord, a clarity in their spirit, man, to hear what you have for them and where you have them to go. That they'll have a firm and solid commitment to the truth of your word. And God, I pray specifically in this house today, God, anybody who needs to have a meeting with somebody, sit down, chat, talk, Reconcile whatever needs to be done, Father, so that we don't allow any room for the enemy's work. He comes continually to steal and to kill and to destroy. But you have come that we would have life more abundantly. 
And we know that even in the process, Lord, of when he comes and he wants to look for someone to devour, I thank you as the word calls us to, we can resist him firm in the faith, knowing, Lord, that you grace us and you strengthen us to fulfill and carry out what you have for us. Your word says that you will fulfill your will concerning me. And so I speak that over every individual and over every family in this house today. You fulfill your will concerning us, God. You help us to walk in what you have us to fulfill today and be placed where you have us today. In Jesus' name. And now I pray for those. If this is you today and you haven't made a full commitment to Christ, you're online watching, you're maybe listening to this on a podcast later or you're in this room right now. Just throw your hand up and we're going to pray for you that you can receive the salvation work of Christ, the being found by Christ so we can be established in Him. If that's you today, put a hand up. And again, like I said, if you're listening to this online, you as well. And if you're listening to this after the fact, we're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the work on the cross that you did for my salvation. I acknowledge my sin and my guilt before you. And I thank you that through the cross, I can receive forgiveness and your grace forever. So I declare I turn from my way and I turn to your way as a son or daughter in Christ. I thank you for the sacrifice and I choose to follow you throughout the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise. Before I go, as always, if that's you and you prayed that prayer, I encourage you, be connected. Just what we've been preaching about today. It is not you and Jesus. He came to you and he saved you, but it's you and Jesus in his body. We can not help but be connected to God's people. It's a part of our purpose. And so my declaration to you is find out where you need to be connected. Find out who needs to disciple you. If you have no clue who to look to, call the office, email us. We will help you get the right person, the right group, so that you can be connected and be discipled in the things that God has for you. All right? Love you and appreciate you guys. Give God one more shout of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.